Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wicked Side. This is Brenna. Hey, everybody, it's Dan. <laughs> and we wanted to issue a trigger warning, as per always. Things get a little dark, a little distressing, and a little depressing sometimes. Uh, so you might want to be a little careful, make sure this is the entertainment for you. Today's episode isn't so bad, but just in case, you know, you might want to find some alternate forms of entertainment if you need it. But thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy it. See ya. Bye. everybody and welcome to the wicked side this is brenna hey everybody it's tom <laughs> he's continuing with the falling off the cliff <laughs> i love it i don't know i don't know it's uh I too. it's very you <laughs> <laughs> oh god so uh last episode we had a really good episode i feel like um so i wanted to do something to kind of carry that energy you know okay we had such a, a good time but also to kind of celebrate pride month i know though by the time this goes out we'll have missed it so um look i'm bad at timing folks <laughs> so. hey man if you're doing it right it's pride all the time all right exactly <laughs> anyway i think i think you're gonna really really like this one let's jump into it yeehaw <laughs> You were born a male on January 24th of the year 1712. We're taking you pretty far back in the time machine today. Despite your father being a very powerful and influential man, your childhood wasn't a happy one. It was miserable. Why do they always start out this I way? I know. <laughs> <laughs> childhood one... sucked for you. Now go do something <laughs> great. The one spot of joy you had was your sister Wilhelmina. And even that wasn't to last. You see, your father was Prussia's second king. History buffs have probably already figured out who you are by now. This position wasn't an easy one, considering Prussia had mainly been just a duchy before that. For those who don't know Prussia, or have never heard of Prussia, according to Wikipedia, it was a historically prominent German state that originated in 1525 with a duchy centered in the region of Prussia on the southeast coast of the Baltic Sea. And we'll get back to that later. Mm -hmm. Your father was a harsh man. During your grandfather's reign, the court was controlled by corrupt and greedy ministers and officials. Your grandfather fought back by leading a, an investigation that ended with several prominent members of the government being exposed for misappropriation of funds and embezzlement. This led to your father taking a very hard stance on corruption and inefficient management. He was very rigid in his management of the treasury, even selling his predecessor's jewels and horses and furniture to add to the national coffers. Jeez. Yeah. He didn't believe in lavish spending and was devout in his Calvinist faith. But as good as he was managing the country, spending was as bad as he was a father. Oh, joy. Uh, at, at this point, it's, uh, you know, with great trauma comes great responsibility, like mm -hmm. su superhero origin. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh. Up until the age of seven, you lived at court with your mother, who was said to be polite, educated, and charismatic. But this was not a peaceful existence. It was a complex and brutal Game of Thrones-style existence of courtly intrigue that made for a very stressful life, especially for children. You found some peace in spending time with your sister, though, the aforementioned Wilhelmina. 
You had nine siblings total, six sisters and three brothers, who reached adulthood, but you were closest to her. She, you spent time together reading, developing a deep love for music and literature. When your father, who had a violent temper, it was pretty much the opposite of your mother in mannerisms, and just about in every way, pulled you away from the court, it was with the intention of making you a soldier. Oh and he did this by beating you brutally and frequently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were publicly man. humiliated by him. Jeez. Yeah. Salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. He felt your interest in the arts and culture made you weak and effeminate, and he wished to banish all traces of it from you. But you weren't totally alone. You had a Latin tutor, and I'm going to probably butcher this, but I'm going to try. Ooh, ooh, the first death of the episode. Let's go. <laughs> Name Jacques Duhan, and I think I got that right. Hopefully I didn't do too much. Maybe he didn't kill it. Maybe he just strangled him a little before he got away. <laughs> just slapped it in the face slightly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and with yeah. his help, you amassed a secret library of literature. Some 3,000 books on everything from Greek and Roman text to philosophy and poetry. Nice. Yeah. Well, he's, he got a friend in the world. Yeah. The brutality continued, of course, even as you grew. When you were 16, you became very close to your father's page, who was around 17. His name was Peter Carl Christoph von Keith. He was so important to you that Wilhelmina actually wrote about him, saying they soon became inseparable. Keith was intelligent, but without an education. He served my brother from feelings of real devotion and kept him informed of all the king's actions. She also wrote, though I had noticed that he was on more familiar terms with this page than was proper in his position, I did not know how intimate the friendship was. But apparently the court suspected that you two were more than just buddies. Ah. And in a stroke of callousness, your father sent the young man away to serve in an unpopular regiment after hearing rumors about the two of you. Ugh. Yeah. And then... Uh, but... That's got to really hurt the dating chances later in the game. Like, <laughs> date me. My dad will send you somewhere mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Yeah. You get in the closet. You get in there. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? And then 1730, when you were 18 years old, you met an officer named Han, um, Hans Hermann von Kat. Um, oh, wait, I pronounced that badly, and I actually have a key here. Um, oh, yeah? Kutia. Did you know? Did you pronounce Katia. the name badly That's now? That's what it was. Fuck your face. <laughs> With a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted your whole pronunciation. If you want to give it another shot, did, nobody heard the second one at all. It was uh, Hans Hermann von Kotia, who you grew very close to. That I know I pronounced at least semi-correctly because I, I broke it down phonetically. So. These men haven't suffered enough. Shut you got to strangle their names. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. You cared about him deeply, and it's possible that he was even your lover. You cared so much that when you planned to escape your father and join your maternal grandfather, you invited him to join along um, with a group of other officers who were your close friends. Sadly, however, you were caught and arrested for treason after Robert Keith, who was actually Peter Keith's brother, went to your father after he got cold feet and begged forgiveness on August 5th of 1730. Ah, oh, yeah. one guy fucking wussed out, and here we are. Yeah. Went and sang. 
To be fair, Goddamn though, this was pigeons. a guy who had ar- whose family had already felt the wrath of your father. Like, his brother was pretty much gone, you know? Right. So, um, I kind of understand being afraid of him. Your father threatened to have you executed. Eventually, he pardoned you, but he didn't pardon Cotier. Man. Yeah. That's when I brought you into this world, I'll take you out, shit. On December the 6th Oof. of 1730, you were forced to watch through a window as he was beheaded. Oh, fuck. It's one thing to send him out to some shit job somewhere. It's another to fucking cut the dude's head off in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. What the fuck? You collapsed on the ground weeping after the deed was done. And if you despised your father before that, it greatly intensified after. I mean... Like, look, I've had my family not like... Oh, oh, we're supposed to mute our phones, Bretta. I did. I, I mean, I even gave a pre-record warning. I just, I, I want did. the world to hear this disrespect is what I want. <laughs> oh, it's got several levels. I. Mm. Oh, yeah? Is it now? I'm sorry. Shut up. It's done now. It's done now. Alright, now where were we? Oh yeah, about the, uh, oh, fuck. I was saying that, um, I've had my family not like some of my, my boyfriends in the past, but, like, my dad's never killed one in front of me, so. I mean, (laughs) I just, I can't imagine, like. Yeah. Oh, oh, you want to date my kid? Well, see, it would be the other way around. It would be. His dad killing you, mm-hmm. or or whatever case, her dad, it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> but it would be the other person's parent, like, killing you for loving their child, and then trying to run away with them for a better life, where they're not beaten and scorned at every fucking turn. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. What a real asshole. Oh, yeah. That's a sadistic asshole. That's another level. Like, I'm willing to kill some people to get my fucking way. Yeah, it's extremely cruel. It's so incredibly Uh, cruel. The horrible, uh, you say abusive power, but like, I'm sure in 1730, you know, checks and balances were, you know, of the rage. Right. Uh, Fuck. However, he continued to control your life. Insisting on forcing you to live in a way that he deemed fit. Oh, start praying away the gay, did he? (laughs) (laughs) He made you a junior official of local administration to teach you how to govern. And as continued punishment, he deprived you of your military rank. In 1733, he arranged a marriage with a woman called Elizabeth Christine of Brunswick Bevern. You described her as being a sour subspecies of the female sex. (laughs) So, um, not a fan. You would be the reason I swing the other way. Yeah. You avoided your wife as much as possible. And I I do mean. If you didn't want to drive him further into the closet and throw kerosene on it. Right, exactly. (laughs) That is, that is a hell of a way. (laughs) To describe somebody, right? That'd make me gay. Fuck that. (laughs) Are these my options? Fuck it. (laughs) You were allowed to return to military life, however. And under the Austrian commander, Eugene of Savoy, you got your first taste of active military duty against the French. And in the later part of the 1730s, you were able to have some time for yourself at Castle Reisenberg, near Berlin, where you let your love of literature flourish. Despite all of his attempts to beat you down and force you to conform to his idea of how a man should be, you never did. You adopted a personality that would be considered fey or effeminate. Mm Mm-hmm. You know I know who this is, right? 
I okay. figured you would. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were polite and refined, and in the face of this brusque and tactless nature that you faced, you kept your love of the arts. You even considered yourself a non-believer despite all of your dad's time. You fought back in every way you could against him until the old beast died on May 31st of 1740. But sadly, as it so often is the case, you couldn't escape it entirely. Your brother, Prince Henry, was openly homosexual, and you often bullied and mistreated him for it, despite all of the evidence that you yourself were gay. Some historians balk at putting that label on you, but there are factors that strongly suggest this was the case, including you commissioning artwork of male lovers and writing poetry and stories of male lovers. There was also the fact that you never showed the slightest bit of sexual interest in a woman. What? Ever. Just so I get (laughs) painted up with a bunch of dudes that I happen to think are beautiful just in <laughs> suggested poses or maybe mid-act or I or I like to write erotic fiction about what me and might happen between me and that Prussian lieutenant. Doesn't mean I'm gay. Right. <laughs> now yeah. I'm gonna go pick on somebody to reassure my macho-ness. That happens. Yeah, yeah I, it happens a lot like internalized hatred. You know, when you're taught to hate who you are and you see similar things in somebody else, you react, mm. you know? And it's it's sad, but, yeah, you know, <sighs> it just it's part of it, unfortunately. Okay. So if you're willing to tag somebody over their sexual orientation, you mm-hmm. might think Dick stays yummy. <laughs> <laughs> it always does seem that way, doesn't it? Like, the people <sighs> that, that seem to be the I don't the know why you're so concerned about or... what somebody else likes. Yeah. Like... I've never had anybody in the in my bedroom call them the plays, you know, like mm-hmm. nobody's throwing a flag. Okay, there's <laughs> um a really great comedian and uh I think it's Ed Byrne, um Irish comedian, and he has this great joke about I could be wrong, it could be somebody else entirely, but he has this great joke about how gay it is for men to like women. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, think about it. He goes, What do you want to sleep with? You want to sleep with something soft and feminine and smells nice and lacy. What does he want to sleep with? A dude. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, which seems gayer. Uh, <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I I I've just never understood being concerned. I just I, I don't either. Don't give it- a singular. Fuck. No. Not one. Everybody's way too interested in what everybody else is doing. So, <sighs> For one reason or the other. Yeah. Perhaps it was jealousy of your brother's ability to be open about it that caused your behavior. Those who opposed you often accused you publicly of being a sodomite in a smear campaigns to try to discredit you or imply that you were weak. But you would prove the naysayers very very wrong. Your father's death gave you and the intellectuals at court a much needed breath of air. But you made it very clear to your ministers that you and you alone would decide what went on in your kingdom. You were also still a soldier and you did have a massive well-trained army at your command along with a well-stocked treasury. You found yourself faced with a choice on how you would use it. You see, on October the 20th of 1740, the Holy Roman Emperor and ruler of Austria, Charles VI, died. 
This was significant because he didn't have a male heir. His oldest surviving child was a woman named Maria Theresa. He'd done his best to convince surrounding countries to recognize her and hold her as a legitimate heir. However, uh, Hasburg law at the time said a female could not rule. So the countries surrounding were pretty much getting ready to squabble over and divide up the territory. Oh boy. So you had a choice. You could either sit and watch or you could join in and amass more wealth and land for your kingdom and make it even more powerful. Fuck yeah! Grab the bag! Let's go! <laughs> there was an area of Maria Theresa's territory known as Silesia. That was very important to her throne. And why? It was very wealthy. So much so that it made up a fourth of the entire Austrian budget. So that's, uh... That's, uh, not a <laughs> insignificant amount of money. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that made it pretty, pretty fucking important. And you wanted it for you and your nation. So how did you manage this? Well, you marched 80,000 troops into Silesia. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't get too self-congratulatory. Uh-oh. You should know that your start in these battles wasn't exactly flawless. <laughs> hey, man. You actually almost got captured at one point and had to flee. The only reason you won the battle was because you had really well-trained generals who managed to keep things going in your favor. You also had quite a bit of luck on your side. You see, Russia could not have taken advantage, could have taken advantage of the situation and forcibly merged your territory with theirs. But they were so busy in a political dynastic struggle within their own courts that they were too destabilized to do much of anything. So, ooh, bullet dodged. Well, look, I'd rather be lucky than good, but if you can be lucky and good, it's even better. You know? like. <laughs> well, and that's part of it. Luck doesn't do you much good if you don't know how to use it to your advantage. And thanks to your mix of education and both a warrior and a scholar, you knew just how to do that. Instead of just using the raw power to your advantage, you used clever strategy. Mm -hmm. You staged an invasion of one of her territories, known as Marvia, in 1742, and you didn't actually want the area. What you wanted was to pressure her into offering you a, priest, a peace treaty, which she granted you, because at the time she was also battling Bavaria, France, and Saxony. Jeez. And just, yeah, and just couldn't stretch her resources any thinner than they already were. Fighting them off at all corners. Mm-hmm. You convinced her to let you protect Lower Silesia, but kept expanding across the territory slowly, bit by bit, taking more and more and more control of the area. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I got a foothold? Well, let's just go ahead and keep on expanding. <laughs> in 1744, when the war was turning in her favor, you invaded Bohemia just to stop her from gaining any more advantage in the war. You kept your focus on Silesia, knowing how important this area would be to your nation. And on December 25th of 1743, you got exactly what you wanted. It was after this that you were christened with your moniker that history would forever come to know you as. Do you want to? Is it Frederick Rudolph? Or Frederick the Great. Wilhelm? What? Frederick the Great. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Frederick the Great. Yeah. Okay. I was say, but it's, I think it's the same Frederick we're thinking of, too. His full <laughs> name? I think so. I'd have to. It's like um, Frederick Wilhelm. It's like five names. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why I'm not going to say for sure, because. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nobody had a simple name. They had 20. So. You, you, you've taken so many <sighs> careless lives at this point, you may as well just add to the body stack. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you return home to praise and celebration. And here we see more of the kind and thoughtful ruler that you were. 
you were pretty progressive for your time. Though you did rule with absolute authority and heavily used censorship, you were allowed you did allow both Protestant and Catholic faiths and scientific and intellectual discussion, even criticism against faiths, which was unheard of at the time. Right. You didn't have the same tolerance, unfortunately, for the Jewish people, and ah. you seem suspicious of them at best, you know? Um, <sighs> unfortunate. However, you did offer a haven to atheists who were not a popular group of people <laughs> at the time. If you have a system that wields religion as a weapon and tells people that you have a divine right to rule, the people who question whether there is a divine would absolutely be seen as a threat. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, atheists were not... Uh, Didn't a guy write a whole series of books on that? <laughs> the Church versus the Illuminati and all that? <laughs> I think you they also, were quite popular. Uh, I think they made movies, too. <laughs> it's an interesting... You also stuck, uh, struck up a friendship with the French philosopher Voltaire. Oh, nice. In fact, you enjoyed French culture quite a bit. You continued to write poet- poetry and enjoy music and playing the flute. You also gave your court... Also moved your court from your father's palace in Berlin to Potsdam and to... Mm, okay, this is a very French name. Oh, okay. So I broke it down phonetically, but I'm sure it's still going to be awful because, you know, Sen Solsi. Sen Solsi. And another one bites the yeah, dust. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not even going to fight you on that one. That one's accurate. <laughs> In 1748. But of course, all wasn't well for very for very long. Uh, Maria Theresa was not at all happy about you having Silesia, and she wanted it back. She signed a peace treaty with France and Spain in 1748. And while you had a loose alliance with France in 1741, it wasn't that strong. And you weren't sure what kind of ground you were standing on, you know? Mm-hmm. But, oh, that's always fun. Yeah. Freshly conquered territory. No idea who your enemies are at this point. Oh, boy. Yep. But also, in 1741, Empress Elizabeth gained the Russian throne. And this was important because her and her chancellor uh, were not fans of yours. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, they didn't like you. Uh, This gets even more complicated by the fact that King George II of Great Britain was looking for allies against France, and he was looking at Maria Theresa and Empress Elizabeth as potential allies. Her fears were realized. September of 1755, when George II signed an agreement with the Empress that exchanged British subsidies in exchange for military forces from Russia. Oh, joy. Yeah. The idea of two of your enemies backed by British wealth didn't sit well with you. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Yep. So you tried to avoid this by promising neutrality to Britain when it was in conflict with France. And this, of course, upset the French king, who who you were supposed to be allies with. In 1756, you were no longer afraid of Britain, but France, Austria, and Russia were still very much a threat. Ah. Yeah. I mean, surrounded, pretty much. Yes. (laughs) Afraid of losing Silesia, you decided to attack first, launching what would become the Seven Year War on what Winston Churchill would later dub the First Real World War. You started by invading Saxony and then moved on from there. It's important to note that you led from the front, which gave your army an advantage. You also had your own intellect and your experienced and well-trained generals behind you, including your brother, Prince Henry. 
And I guess one of the reasons it was so important that you led from the front was because uh, messages took fucking time. You yep. know, there was no phones. There was nothing. You had to run somebody mm-hmm. back and forth to wherever your ass was. And if you weren't leading from the front, you couldn't make quick, decisive decisions. And mm-hmm. yeah. And he, that there's a Frederick I, did that. I'm actually doing my like yearly reread of Art of War and Book mm-hmm. of Five Rings and whatnot. Um, so there's an entire, like, couple of sections that are are all devoted to making sure that your runners are good, your horses are good, your, your gongs are good, you know, all of your means of communication are on point Mm -hmm. because the speed of that communication is the speed of the battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me how many little things, like, they had to think about that we don't know. You know, mm-hmm. how much just advancing communication advanced our society as a whole. Oh, yeah. We were talking about we this. Know. We were talking about this yesterday with uh, with dad during mm-hmm. Father's Day. I mean, me and Buddy and him all went out and hung out for the day. And we were talking on the way back about how, you know, dad's dad or dad's grandpa rather mm. saw everything basically he saw the advancement of humanity in a nutshell he he lived from you know in the you know flat 1900 to in the 70s mm-hmm. he saw from you know basically nothing you know some radio maybe and telegraph and and you know but no no tv no phone as we know it no anything yeah. Fuck, barely any automobiles. Everything was 90% horse-drawn. By World War II, most armies were still horse-drawn armies. Mm-hmm. Like, But to go, to live that time span, to mm-hmm. live the time span of, like, seeing the airplane, seeing the rocket, seeing the, the landing on the moon, like, seeing, to go from what he was as a child, what it was to then. Insanity to think of. Yeah, the way that humanity advanced in just that hundred-year period from 1900 to 2000, bam. Yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. I I don't think people quite realize just how fast, like we started advancing. I mean, that's one human lifetime. No. That's a that's a really good like an optimistic human lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, crazy that salad. That is wild. Anyway, um, the war itself, of course, uh, was a series of complicated events. Some good for Prussia and others bad. I'm afraid we need a couple episodes to cover it all. So instead, I'll just come over some of the highlights and points of interest, such as the Battle of Luthen on December 5th of 1757 against the Austrian military forces. He had more knowledge of the land on which he was fighting, and this led him to create a diversion at one end while attacking the other with a stronger force. By the time they realized what was happening, it was too late. And seven hours later, the Prussians had won. It was a really interesting battle, and I wish I could do it justice, but I'm afraid I just can't. Um, however, there are many other great resources that can explain it to you in a much better and thorough way than I can. So, as always, I recommend you do your own research and look into it. After all, this is the battle that led Napoleon himself to call Frederick the greatest tactician in history. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, with things like this, when it gets really technical, I, I'm not even going to try. 
mm-hmm. know, I don't want to misrepresent something. I don't want to pretend I know what I'm talking about when I don't, especially when it comes to advanced military tactics. I'm a tattoo artist. I don't know that shit. <laughs> so I strongly, strongly recommend going and watching it on your own. Even if you don't fully understand, it's still really interesting. It's still really beneficial right. um, just to kind of get an idea of what was going on. And, um, you know, knowledge for knowledge's sake. So... Um, but yeah, getting back on track, you also had some horrible defeats. Another battle that's important to mention because of how badly you lost in the battle was um, mm, Kunersdorf. Ooh, ooh, another 1759. one. 1759. I don't think I was that off. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah? I, I don't know. <laughs> don't make me question. Try, try it again. I'm getting more and so more insecure like, by the second. Shut up. The corpse is still <laughs> twitching. Give it another throttle. <laughs> Anyway, I won't get too much into detail here because um, we're already, you know, running a little long with the script. But you actually contemplated suicide after the loss. Oof. You went with close to 50,000 men and you only got out with 3,000. Ouch. Yeah. That's a lot of bodies. It is. An absolutely devastating loss. Yeah. And and to be fair, that that doesn't mean that all of those soldiers died. So yes. it was very common to flip soldiers like your Mm -hmm. ultimate goal is to capture as many soldiers alive as you can and that way you turn them around and they already have armored weapons and you just point them in the opposite direction and say Mm -hmm. here's a bag of money now go fight that guy So, yeah, back then that was that was a very popular so not all of those soldiers died just for context I guess but yeah, not coming home with most of your troops is not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You basically got enough away with enough people to carry <laughs> your stuff. <laughs> Pretty much at that point. Yeah. Uh, uh, however, this was not norm, the norm for you or your army. And around 1761, things were going the way of Prussia. But you were also very broke. And discontent was growing, and it was becoming harder and harder for you to pay those in your employ. But in a brilliant display of great timing, because again, luck did seem to strike for you once in a while. Um, May of 1762, the ill-fated husband of Catherine the Great, Peter III, took over as Tsar. Oh boy. He spoke more German than he did Russian, and he greatly admired you. Oh, nice. Yeah. His reign of Emperor of Russia only lasted six months, <laughs> but that was just enough time for him to end Russian involvement in the war. With the backing of Russia, without the backing of Russia, Maria Theresa didn't have much of a choice but to give up her pursuit of her lost territory. Nice. And finally, in February of 1763, the war ended. Take the wind right out of her sails. Mm-hmm. There was a battle over Poland that we won't get into too much. Uh, you did ally with Catherine the Great and Maria, Maria Theresa in the end and gained more land, which eventually united the floating pieces that made up Prussia into one nice cohesive chunk of land. On August the 17th of 1786, you passed away at the age of 74. Your memory was seen as a bit tainted later by the fact that Hitler kept a portrait of you around... Um, but mainly feel the unfortunate, you know, it doesn't really taint your memory, um, now, 
because you know people have perspective. He was also an appreciator of the fine arts, but I don't look down on any of the artists he saw. Exactly, exactly. Loud. Well, and then again, of course, he was a nationalist. He's going to hold up, you know, German stuff. I yes, get it. Yeah. Um, what what year did he die? Um, let me go back. Uh, August seventeenth of seventeen eighty six. Okay. Seventy four. So, yeah. Um, you were a more complex and more enlightened than many rulers of your time, contributing as much in peace as you did in war. Though, as always, you were at the end a flawed human, a warrior and a poet, a king and a tactician. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the wicked side of Frederick the Great. Nice. Yeah. I guess he also, like, introduced potatoes to Prussia or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, those came up in my research, but I'm like, um... Yeah, from a lot of what I saw, he was very, very active in trying to better the lives of his subjects. It wasn't just, you know, despite the fact, you know, he was a, a dictator, you know, he ruled with absolute authority, but he had, it seemed, the best interest of his people at heart at yeah, all Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't the, uh, the, the evil, self-indulgent king, or at least yeah. from what we can, what history tells. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. If anything, you know, I mean, he tried to, you know, unite the pieces of his country. You know, it sounds rather epic, you know, when you yeah. look at it from the from a the you know the the down low perspective of like yeah I mean, he fought through the, you know the armies of the nations and mm -hmm. united his country into one and overcame the odds and the enemies of much yeah. larger powers and da 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 da. I I always loved um the epic rap battle of history yeah um that he was in and and in particular the lion hardest steel on the field genteel in the palace yeah and i'm like boy does that sum up <laughs> yep yeah i like that one too it ends with catherine the great yes yeah yeah yep and um i i guess um they i think they met when she was younger like when she was first going to the russian court I believe um, that. I, it was, I, th I believe that they did meet briefly, and I know he was charmed by her a little bit when she was younger. And huh, um, nice. But otherwise, yeah, I. She is an interesting historical figure too. She's one of my my favorites to research and learn about. Um, complex, very complex. You know, uh, a person who did a lot of good and a lot of bad. Oh yeah. And if you have a sensational myths about you, as there have been written. Yes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yep. Say, she's come up. Yeah. Yeah, and she will. I mean, she was... A pivotal figure in history? Yeah. That, that era? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... And took over in... Um, it, she took over the Russian kingdom, or the Russian Empire, without spilling a drop of blood. She literally took it from her husband's hands... Because she was so popular and so well liked, should have got a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, took her for half. Took him for half. Took him for all of it. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. And fact, I don't think she was actually Russian. So oh, that's funny. No, wasn't she Spanish? No, Spain. No. Hmm. I couldn't tell you, but um, I can't remember. I used to know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was taking a stab. <laughs> Ugh, it also doesn't help. I've got like the slightest like 
like sinus headache right yeah. now so my brain is like i'm trying to recall details that otherwise i wouldn't have an issue with but right now my brain's like ow pain ow pain ow pain <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and take up most of your available memory for this <laughs> exactly. morning signal <laughs> you're gonna have to deal with that later <laughs> so there's actually another famous frederick from mm-hmm. prussia mm-hmm. that was supposedly suspected uh to to be of the uh gay persuasion mm-hmm. uh who was a pivotal role in american history okay i actually think i know who you're talking about mm-hmm. and um considering how he arrived <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but it's general von steuben mm-hmm. was uh, he has like a, one of those six word names too. Mm-hmm. Um, was instrumental in in drilling the Continental Army, yeah, and shaping the uh, you know colonial military into a force that could take on the most powerful military of its era. Yeah, and if he's the one I'm thinking about, um, he actually like pulled up like to the army in a in a sleigh with like covered in furs and everything and oh i wouldn't with I like would several of his boyfriends like in the sleigh with him it's at the time probably like, ready to go <laughs> looked like a dude's gone wild party in there right. didn't matter the dude knew how to make troops move and you apparently that too. was prussian huh? and and here's the thing i mean that's you know 1776 mm-hmm. uh, or you know and probably you know prior so those the dates of frederick the great Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't done a. I, I wonder if he was one of those great generals under Frederick the Great. I don't know. Maybe. You know I, mean, that, I mean, that might be something worth looking into, doing hmm. some research on. So, yeah. I don't Love know. Love me asking questions. <laughs> but, mm. man, that's crazy salad. Yeah. Two, two, two great gay Prussian military officers <laughs> that shaped. Yeah. two sides of the planet what always makes me question like where did that thing come from as like gay men being weak because they're fucking not at all like yes there are some who no that's just are people more feminine, that's just people that's just people there's there's a lot of people who think they're tough or whatever it's mm-hmm. like oh but you, you you're not you yeah you, you crumble under pressure you are emotionally unstable like whatever it is there's Weakness, because it's human. Yeah. And it's it's to attribute automatic weakness to somebody because of their sexual preference is just... It's weird. It's illogical. It doesn't make (laughs) sense. Yeah. It it does not. Um, I don't know. And, like, there's so many examples, too, in history of, like, historically significant people who... Or movers and shakers who did incredible things, who were incredibly brave, who were incredible warriors, and were who were just you know they flew the rainbow flag. You know, <laughs> I I just only hope that like at one of these great generals at the end of some battle like rolled up on the enemy commander with mm-hmm. his boyfriend on his horse. Reach back, snagged one of those kisses. The horse goes up on two legs, and they ride off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Big middle finger out behind him. Fuck you. <laughs> ride, sassafras, ride. <laughs> oh god. 
But I, I, I pretty much, I, th- I thought you would knew this, would know this one, um, if only because of your, your, you know, love of like military everything, and he's pretty. Well, and and pretty there's prominent. actually like, yeah, I, there's when when you talk about you know mm-hmm. that era of generals, like he's not missed. You yeah, know, he's yeah, premiere of his era. Exactly. Yeah, <sighs> and if you look to on a map, but like Prussia was tiny. Yeah, it was small. <laughs> yeah, to but to have that much and power and yeah, I mean, and it, it's it's one of those like double edged swords because to a point you have to give his father a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, like he wouldn't have been able to do it without his military being trained to that well. Alexander without the Great was the same way. The funding that he had, you know. Speaking of the greats, Alexander the Great was the same way. His yeah. father was a Macedonian conqueror. Yeah, yeah, and. Like, he had a fantastic army to start with, and he had mm-hmm. fantastic training, and, like, there was a, yeah, like, when that's, that greatness is what you're around. Yeah. Pretty sure LeBron's kids are pretty good at basketball, too. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Oh, your dad's hyper-obsessed with the military, likes to beat you. <laughs> like. Yeah. You probably were going to get good at what dad likes. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot about him. I did not know, though, about, um his boyfriend being beheaded in front of him that was like when i read that like uh, my heart broke I, like i can't even imagine that's horrific yeah. that's like so you said many like, levels i've had i've had you know mom and dad not like a girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. but i've never had the girlfriend's parents like fucking cut his head off fucking yeah exactly <laughs> do it take him out in the front yard <laughs> take his fucking head off <laughs> right Ugh. Oh God! And the like, the guilt and the you know, frustration and the shame that would go with all of that too, and yeah, it I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So I mean, I I'm curious too about the relationship with him and his brother Henry, and I wanted to look more into that just out of curiosity, but I couldn't really find much. Um. But I know, like, Henry fought with him quite a bit and used his own troops and his own forces. Hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they grew up past the giving him a fucking hard time to hide it. Maybe. Maybe. One can hope, you know. Well, I say you don't usually have somebody's back with in literal army terms, mm-hmm. you know, not like that. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. if you're fighting for your tiny country and it's that or get smashed. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be nothing for us to rule over. I don't care. Keep a truce at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought you would like the story. I thought, you know, going into depth and, and giving you a little bit um, more of it might be. It is a fun. wonderful tale. Yeah. And again, he's one of those people I feel like, um, especially now, like a lot of young people just don't know about, you just, you know, they don't have much of an idea if you bring him up or you bring up Prussia, they're like, what's Prussia? And you're like, "Mm, okay. Are you just mispronouncing (laughs) Russia? No, no, no. No. Prussia. (laughs) We're not. This time I'm not fucking it up. (laughs) For for a while there in world history, they were an incredibly prominent, Mm -hmm. like, in political happenings. I mean, it caused the world war. Well, an assassination of one of their dukes, archdukes. Yeah. 
uh, started a world war. Like it is Ferdinand. Yeah. So it's yeah. I I, they were tiny, but they were there. Mm -hmm. (sighs) No, they got a grade out of it. You don't. uh, It. Why are all of these stories precursed with a horrible fucking childhood? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Oh, your first love? Send his ass to the worst unit in the army. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You shovel shit now. You still want a boyfriend? No? Okay. Smack, smack. Let's go into public. (laughs) Smack, smack. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's something to that truly admirable people. I don't want to say they're forged from adversity because I don't believe that. But I believe they are forged in spite of adversity, and that makes it more admirable. Well, you know? maybe, maybe look at it this way, right? Mm. It's kind of like when you start running. You never mm-hmm. really realize how far you can run till you make yourself run every last step. Yeah. So when you're forced... To run that far, that fast, that long. When you're when you've got to fight that hard, that fast, that long. Yeah. You realize exactly like the depths that you're capable of, both in your force of will, in your physicality, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You you discover that like that mental barrier you can push yourself past because you yeah. pushed yourself past words. You're alive today. You pushed yourself past the thought of not being here mm. you know you you've pushed past the abuse of other you pushed past so many things mm-hmm. you got up when you didn't think you could and yeah. you've done it enough times to know that you can get up it yeah it uncovers truths like when yeah. you, when, when you put yourself my, to the hazard i that, suppose my worry is i just don't ever want like some asshole to take this and be like, well, that's why I was mean to my son, you know, because I was trying to toughen him up. And, you know, because so often that's an excuse for abuse, especially toward men, especially toward men, you know? Yeah. Men get abused um, quite frequently in the name of, you know, making someone tough. And it's... Mm-hmm. I mean... It's garbage. Was, well, high school bully that I fucked up or middle school I should say middle school bully I fucked up that was his excuse yeah I wanted to make him stand up for himself vice principal looked him up and down he was fucked up mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like well I guess he did that yeah <laughs> I didn't get in any trouble no it's a, it's a shitty Neanderthal excuse of anything it, yeah. it's just it's stupid yeah. it's stupid and stupid people use it there's a way to do it, it you know if you feel like somebody needs to learn to stand up for themselves or they learn need to learn a little backbone which i'm not going to deny like yeah sometimes people need to do that but mm-hmm. there is a way to do it mm-hmm. yeah you know that doesn't involve abuse that yeah. doesn't involve teach them the difference between assertive dick. and aggressive communication work on being uh consistent with your expectations of yourself and others mm-hmm. like there's plenty of healthy ways to do that yeah exactly and it doesn't involve, you know, beating someone's ass or humiliating them, you know? Nope. No, I, that's just 
cruelty for cruelty's sake. And I, I never convince me otherwise. There's no benefit to it. You know, it's just people sometimes that really like to hurt other people. And it's fucked up. Right. There's a, there's only some amount of arguing I could do with that. But to be a rule, it has to have an exception. Yes. There yeah. is some amount of, like, hell week for mm-hmm. Navy SEALs. That is mm-hmm. essentially legitimized... Okay. Military hazing. Those are adults. Okay, granted. No, granted. Those are adults who signed up. They voluntarily signed up. Yes. Knowing that that was going to be part of it. But, well, hold on. So. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not knowing the extent. (laughs) So, like, would you do, and this is all stuff that I've heard. It's not like I'm some fucking anything, just, Mm. uh, but there, you know, I've watched enough, like, of the, the the videos and the documentaries and all that mm-hmm. to know that like during interrogation training they put hands on you <laughs> like yeah. he, he, you might catch an open handed ass whipping mm-hmm. like it may be close handed who knows yeah it's not like I'm they're gonna record the things but there is a certain amount of I guess what you and I'm not talking about you know the shitty bully hazing in the in the back but mm-hmm. like a group hazing uh-huh. you know when, when somebody pisses on the seat and the sergeant makes everybody do push-ups until they can't yeah like there's a certain amount of that yeah that holding you need. each other accountable well, but that's the thing it's the abuse the self-abuse mm-hmm. which brings out that ability to dig deeper that a bit that what we were talking about so like i said yes but it has to be voluntary mm-hmm. <laughs> and very directed it can't be you know like you said for the sadistic sake yeah it's got to be consensual and voluntary and yes these people signed up because they know that this isn't going to be an easy process it's going to be uncomfortable all the time yeah well, okay, and, and so, this but, is, like, digging that's... back in my memory, so, again, this anecdote might not be 110, but it makes me think of, like, um, a story that I heard about Apollo Ono, like, when he was really big. Okay. And that at one point in time, his father basically took him aside and said, look, if you're committing to this, we're committing, you know, and yeah. it's going to be hard, and it's going to be tough, and you're going to sacrifice a lot, so you need to be sure if this is what you want to do, yeah. you know, because if you do this, I'm going to push you, you know? Yep. And so he gave him time. Basically, they went somewhere. He gave him a couple days to really think on it and came back and made the decision, but on his own. Yeah. I I knew a lot of coach kids back in the day. Yeah. And he was like, if you don't want this, that is perfectly fine. I will back you in that. Mm -hmm. You can you can live your life however you want, you know, but the choice is yours. But if we're in, we're all in, you know, there's no halfway here. Yeah. And that means you're going to be uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable to yes. you're going to, it's, it's going to be for a purpose for a reason, but mm-hmm. it ain't going to be fun all the time. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I liked the story because I mean, it's, it's good communication, you know, it is, um, awareness well, and it is, it's consent. It's yeah. consenting to it. It's like, look, dude, I need you to really think over the consequences of saying yes to this because saying yes to this means there's a certain am- amount of, behaviors that we're going to you mm-hmm. know expect and yeah we're going to hold you to a standard yeah you know do you agree to be held to the standard or not and if you don't want to that's fine too you know mm-hmm. uh and i get that so informed consent baby yep 
Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> Man. It's amazing to me, too, how much of life's problems would be avoided with better communication and consent. You mm. know, those two things, like... You know what else would make a better world? a smaller degree, like, um, Emma does this with me, and uh -huh. I really, really appreciate it. So, if Emma has something hard or difficult or heavy to talk to me about, before she talks to me about it, she goes, hey... Are you in a mentally good enough place to have this discussion? Yeah. And she's, she always tells me, if you're not, that's absolutely fine. You know? Um, I can go and I can talk to somebody else. But I just want to make sure that you are in a good enough place. And I appreciate that very much. You know? Because that's, that's something I think we, we don't do enough with each other. Is like, hey, are you well enough to talk about something heavy? You know? Rather than just launching in it. Other than, you know, me... Me dragging I, you through heavy shit every Sunday. So. <laughs> see, I always rely on the assertiveness of my own communication. Yeah. I know that if that if if I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. in a good spot to hear this kind of news or whatever. Yeah. I already know I can assertively communicate that to anyone, mm -hmm. and you know their response to that being what it is, yeah. you know, is I I'm not responsible for their response, but I know that I can you know say it in, in a way that both mm. effectively communicates the way that I feel mm. and, you know, is respectful yeah. of what of what they need. I've <coughs> started watching the show on YouTube and I cannot recommend it enough. It's really, really great. Mm -hmm. um, Cinema Therapy. And it is a therapist and a filmmaker who sit down and watch movies together and then they break it down from um, both standpoints. And I oh, cool. love it. I really, really love it. And something he's always saying on that show, which I think has helped me and my family personally, is don't assume intention. Yeah, I don't. I've, yeah, you cannot assume intent. Yeah, if you if you're, you know, talking with somebody yeah. and something could be take, taking a certain yeah. way, you can't automatically assume bad intentions because that is one of the greatest contributors to misunderstandings. And do you, you know, know what I find? that goes right hand in hand with that oh yeah good one smooth move that <laughs> smooth move x lax uh that was slick wait it i say way to knock over all the, all the expensive equipment onto the expensive equipment <laughs> exactly i almost did <laughs> i think that it's a saying that goes hand in hand mm -hmm. with that is now I can't remember because you made me forget what we were talking about. Because <laughs> I almost knocked my mic over onto the computer. Well, what'd you say? Uh, don't assume uh, assume intent. Okay, so one that goes hand in hand with that too mm -hmm. is n never assume maliciousness when you can assume stupidity. <laughs> like, because it's more often Fair. that somebody's doing something out of ignorance than sheer malice. Yeah. So. I always just assume stupidity before mm. I assume malice. Yeah. So it, it's one of those. I, I, I try not to assume intent, but I'm not perfect. I am human. So sometimes yeah. I just chalk it up to stupidity to give myself a reason to move on. But mm -hmm. like, I can't fix stupid. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm exactly. not going to waste any more brain power on this. I think it's a good way to do it, though, because at the same time, like... It, you know, it, it doesn't give me a reason you... to have a grudge, and I don't want a grudge. I don't no. have the energy for a grudge. I'm too old for grudges. <laughs> I don't give a shit. 
yeah. leave me alone. I will leave you alone. I just want to live here in this house and do <laughs> what I want to do. And I'm not hurting nobody. And I just hope nobody's hurting anybody else. Yeah, and exactly. Blessed be and peace to the world. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I'm just too old for drama. Yeah. To be fair, I've never been a dramatic person. <laughs> like, oh, there's drama here? I'm leaving. Mm. Uh-uh. No. Mm. <laughs> no. No. I've never had a dramatic relationship. Not with friends. Not with girlfriends. Uh, okay. I'll say that. Yes. That's true. But I have watched you deliberately fan flames a few times oh. to watch it burn. And that is... That is no, 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 no. a subgenre no, of drama, dear. No, 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 no. Just because I find the observation of drama. Just because I threw the gasoline on the fire. <laughs> I like the way the flames look. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I do not like being involved in drama. And who doesn't like watch? They give Oscars away for good drama. Okay, but you can watch it without provoking. And you have provoked, my dear. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not lying. <laughs> but. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love you, but let's call a spade a spade there. Like, I you don't do like drama. Like, I, you don't like drama in your everyday life. I don't like drama. I don't. No, no, no. I, like, I don't mind being party to it. Like, I don't mind. I don't want to be involved at all. I, that's still involvement. No, eh, observation. Fair enough. I mean, you look uncomfortable. No, I am fine with it. I, I like watching drama. Like, yeah. I mean, there's whole genres of television and movies dedicated to drama. Yeah, I'm a little say, more emotionally um, invested with people. There are different I know. types of drama, though. So, like, I feel like that it depends, too. To be fair, so there are certain people's drama I don't. Well, if, <laughs> I okay, like, go from, like, um, a media standpoint, right? Okay. There's Kardashian drama, or there's, like, a really good, um... Some like, law and order drama. Yeah, there's, like, a really good, like, suspense okay. novel drama. There's very different kinds of drama in those two places. Some Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Exactly. I prefer the Hitchcock. I'm I'm not a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as most far as definitely. That shit goes. Yeah. I see. I don't know if if it's got to be that kind. If we're going that comparison, it's going to be like mm-hmm. the breakup. Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Aniston. Love that drama. Ah, oh, they break up. It's petty. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They both try to out petty each other. Oh God. Oh yeah. Have guys like the whole place taken up. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a boyfriend over, and apparently that's just too much. Oh God! Uh, but it's uh, no, I, I I don't know. I I don't have relationship dramas, so no, watch it. No. Being able to observe it, it's like, oh, so that's what it's like. Yeah. I don't mean to make I don't mean to make light of anybody's relationship well, drama, no, but because there are Amanda some people that seek it. it out that deliberately instigate I know. it, and it's I could say him by name, but he knows well, who he is. <laughs> there are there are lots of like I've encountered lots of people, like even just working with people, you know, you'll you'll find people that like would well, they almost brag about like oh, being yeah. able to start drama with their partner, and yeah. it is 
ridiculous. Like, okay, not to be an asshole, but like, this is a very specific kind of person, right? Say, when have you ever apologized for that? I, right, exactly. <laughs> so I used to work somewhere. I won't say where. And one of my coworkers had a very dramatic relationship with his girlfriend. Is this the same place we worked? Oh. I was just reminiscing about how much I love to start shit at the same place we worked. <laughs> um, yes, but you weren't there yet. Okay. Anyway, um, he had a baby mama, like girlfriend, I guess. I guess they were living together. But she would call him four to five times a day <laughs> while he was at work <laughs> over stuff. And sometimes would even show up. Oh, jeez. And it got so bad to the point where our boss, like answered the phone and she was on it and she got quiet for a minute and she was like, I'm going to tell you this as politely as I can. He is at work. You are an adult function on your own. And like hung up on her. And I was like, God damn, like <laughs> that, that's like, I can deal with that. Like, like watching <sighs> her shut her down was mm -hmm. like, oh. yeah, that was tasty. <laughs> that was tasty. <laughs> Oh, that place was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rife with drama. And the thing was, like... I just like I just like what you had to say when you left. You oh. left me there. Oh, yeah. And they fired me. Have, had, to give, had to give them a warning, like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys. Oh, I flat out told them. I flat out told them. I'm like, well, I'm just going to tell you guys, have fun. And they were they looked at me for a minute, and I'm like... He has only been showing you a certain amount of courtesy because he does not want to make my life more complicated. And once I am gone, so is your protection. <laughs> like, bye. I had so much fun <laughs> fucking with those people. Um, I, okay. I was, okay, I'll give you this much. I was really petty at work when I was younger. Yeah. Really fucking petty. <laughs> like, I liked initiating drama with people because I could always do it in a way that obfuscated my responsibility per the standards of conduct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I could always make them responsible for it. I, I got, you remember the manager of her area? I mm -hmm. got her written up. Mm -hmm. And then she did something again and I got her written up for retaliation. <laughs> Like, Damn. By the end, she couldn't talk to me. She was the manager of her area. Yeah. Yeah. I would sit in the cage and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> what are you going to do, bitch? Write me up. I dare mm -hmm. you. I'll get you again. Bureaucracy wins. <laughs> Use the system. Play it against them. Yeah. And you did. I know. You did beautifully. Like I, I, made, I made two people quit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I loved it. It was okay. Look, okay. So maybe back then I liked drama. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> I've grown. I've matured. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Oh my god, I used to love it. <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm thinking back now, and the delicious flavor of their tears just reminds me <laughs> of how much I fucking loved it. <laughs> that is something that I've noticed, though. The older you get, the less tolerance you have for that shit. You know, Ugh. when you think back on how much trouble it adds to your life and how much nonsense you're putting yourself through for no fucking reason. I'm glad I did it at a know? dead end job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I like I see people like especially younger people that are like addicted to drama in their lives. 
Like they won't they let go, looking go for it. of people who cause drama just because they want that drama that person will cause. Ugh. And it's like, why are you doing that to yourself? Do you have any notion how much better a nap is? <laughs> and like not being on the phone in like a texting war for three hours with like a bunch of people. Go take a nap, bitch. You'll love that shit. <laughs> go, yeah. go play your Switch. Like go, Dude, go. Do like, you know how good Ben and Jerry's is? It. it I can make a pint of Ben and Jerry's last <sighs> to save as a as yes. a like a, a message war. You know how fun playing cards against humanity with your friends are? Like, exactly. Like, go have fun, man. Make good memories. Why? Why? I, why? Why? I don't understand it. And I see it so much in like twenty somethings. It's like, oh, you guys are terrible. No matter, <laughs> no matter what you ever say to somebody, you can never make them change. Yeah. They can take your words and institute changes in their own life yes. and then be consistent with those changes, thus changing their life. But you yes. can never change someone. That is a very, that was a hard lesson for me. That was a hard, hard lesson for me. And I, I can honestly say like I'm 36 and I've only recently learned it. I can still remember the day I learned that. Yeah. The day that it went home for me where it was just like, oh. Oh shit! Yeah, here's the truth. It was a slow, gradual thing for me. Mm. I, I can't pinpoint it was one a, time. It was a brick to the face. It yeah. was a. It was a. This is the only way you're going to understand the problem you're in, mm-hmm. and somebody's got to hit you in the face with this brick. Yeah. And luckily, and I guess I shouldn't be ashamed to say this, but the therapist who hit me in the face with that brick was such a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wonderful person just mm-hmm. and, a, and a, above all a wonderful therapist and yeah. she not only hit me in the face with that brick but also hit the person in the face with the brick who caused the problem mm-hmm. and it was it was liberating it was mm-hmm. somebody saying you know you're not responsible for them changing you can only change you and you have enough to fucking change yeah so there's no way you can be responsible for them. You have, mm-hmm. Your backyard's too enormous. You can't help them with theirs. Yeah. But I think that that's part of maturing and part of growing up is realizing and recognizing when you are contributing to your pain and yep. taking accountability and responsibility for that and saying, I am not going to do this anymore. Well, and you then know? having the therapist call out the other person for dumping their leaves in my yeah, yard. Yeah, that had to feel good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that had to feel good. really good. I'm not going to lie. It is always really nice when you see that, it like, the, somebody get held accountable for their bullshit. It, it wasn't them being held. It was the vindication of, like, okay, what I thought were my problems in my yard, one of the mm-hmm. things that I thought I was going to have to clean up mm-hmm. was just suddenly gone. Yeah. It was out of my yard. It was no longer my problem. And I had a new fence established to help protect my yard. Yes. And it was, it it helped shape me into the functional person I am. Yeah. Petty as I was in my <laughs> youth. <laughs> uh, you're you're uh, much, I don't know. I find it much easier now to have conversations with you and to enjoy my time with you i think in our 20s we were both like i i love spending time with you but it was very much like one of those things where it was like how long do i have before it goes bad 
Yeah, it always, felt, it always felt if it were too long together, it would tick exactly. down. Exactly, we were on it a would timer. Melt down. Every time we were yeah. together, we were on a timer, and I don't feel like that's the case as much anymore. I think we both matured and mellowed, and which is great because I feel, as weird as it sounds, I feel like we've kind of gone back to when we were kids, and we could just enjoy each other's company again. You, you want to hear something funny? Hmm. Do you remember making our own radio station I on the d- boombox oh where we did, did the we? we did the we recorded the DJ back and forth yes. at each other and then we played the songs and then recorded the DJ bits and did the weather yes oh god uh, that was so much fun this is just the grown up version of that <laughs> this really is <laughs> we bonded a hyper specific way <laughs> I'm telling you it, at early age right. Oh, good. Sad thing is, is that I think of the room, which was your room at the Yellow House, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is also where I tripped, slipped, split my head on your bed playing with Barbies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, horrible memories. Ah! Yeah. Man. The best memories were the basement, Mm -hmm. when we got the color TV in the basement. Yes. The, that, that black one that only turned on by the knob and yeah. you had to flip the little plate open there oh, no that remote thing was ancient uh, <laughs> we used to watch like we had cable though yeah and like our or site we got cable i should say and yeah. when we like i remember the early disney channel oh man that house was great those memories it, were great it was really great too because like we, it had air conditioning but the air conditioning kind of sucked so on hot days like the best the place to be was in was that basement shit. it was nice and cool yep. we could sit and just you know chill but we went outside we spent a lot of time outside so we met and Kristen running and the around rest. that's and... where i mean that was Kristen and jacob yeah and, yeah yep aaron and everybody else yeah. adam and what's weird is like if it wasn't for facebook and facebook has so many issues but if it wasn't for facebook i wouldn't be in touch with any of them at all so and i'm I'm still in touch with Kristen and aaron to this day you know now granted we don't talk on a regular basis we don't talk hardly at all but like i still get to like see okay they're doing well and i'm i'm so glad to see that you know absolute my my best friend that i'm not related to is Mm -hmm. he lives in seattle and we talk Almost every day. Enough that his wife calls me the other woman. <laughs> I love that. But he's my best friend. We yeah. we still play games together. We still talk about each other's families and yeah. how it's going at work. And um, Actually, yeah, too, through Facebook, I, I reconnected with um, my best friend from elementary school. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, again, we don't talk a whole lot, but, like, we can see, you know, snapshots of each other's lives and where they're going. And it's interesting. It's cool, you know. Yeah. Um, to see the people like knowing somebody when they were a child and seeing them as an adult is very it's weird it's very interesting i actually had that occurrence at work um a a lady i went to school with in elementary school as well Mm -hmm. um i don't even remember how we got on the subject but she had mentioned that she went to this place from elementary and i'm like so did i and i Mm -hmm. named my teacher and she named her teacher and then she actually told me the tragic fate of my fifth and sixth grade teacher, but oh well, that's so. yeah. She was a wonderful woman. Um, yeah. She's a, I mean, fostered you know more than a couple of children that I know mm-hmm. about. She was she took a bunch of knuckleheads and got them through school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was like. Moved to another city, um, a bigger city, 
Mm-hmm. Somebody attempted to carjack her. She didn't give up her car, and they killed her. Oh. Yeah, fuck. I found that out the other day, and was I had to sit back for a minute because man, like, I I remember how much good she did, and yeah. like how she was an, she was another one of those like she let she informed you know like strong women for me just women yeah and she was she was not to be fucked with but she was a mother but she was a teacher Mm -hmm. and she was a christian she was you know a woman of faith a woman of color Mm -hmm. and just so much to so many yeah and this entirely positive person like i i have a I still I have a picture actually it's it's in my rare box of pictures that I have of my youth mm-hmm. and it's her me and her on my 6th grade graduation. Yeah, I I know who you're talking about I can picture her face now and yeah. That's heartbreaking. She it, was a good woman. It really did take it took me back for a second because it's man. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Like how people can float in and out of our lives and we when we find out that their light is no longer in this world yeah it still hurts you know we haven't seen them or talked to them but knowing no their legacy is still here yeah her her wind is still in my sails her wind is what helped push my son's sails yeah because it's what informed me so no the name maybe forgotten at some point but part of what she instilled in me I carry forward and pass down yeah and what she taught me was worth carrying on and passing down yeah so I mean her wind blows in many sails yeah carrying many many people into the future I mean she touched a lot of kids at that school I know Mm -hmm. she dragged a lot of us knuckleheads through there (laughs) yeah so, yeah. yeah, what a what a way. Yeah. Well, and on that note, we'll go ahead and, and wrap things up, I think. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shout out our socials after that. Jeez. <laughs> I actually think it's a good one. I'm the it's... one who actually took it to a sad <laughs> place for once. My you bad. are, you are. I'm teared up. <laughs> oh, but, shout out to the best teacher I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and to put that out there like if you are a teacher mad respect like (laughs) i you don't know how important you are it i guarantee you don't feel like it (laughs) i i several of my clients are teachers and just how beat down they feel and honestly like we need you you guys are fighting a good fight so thank you from all the ungrateful little shits (laughs) (laughs) know that those ungrateful little shits grow up and become grateful (laughs) true story yep all right but yeah wrapping things up um just wanted to let you guys know you could find us on social media we are actually i fixed it motherfucker (laughs) i fixed it okay so our facebook page is now the wicked side podcast nice And um, the wicked myth is just that. <laughs> the wicked it is myth but is a myth. God, it's a myth now. <laughs> um, and then we're the wicked side on Instagram, and we're the wicked side on Twitter. 
almost couldn't remember that one. And uh, yeah, you can find us there and contact us through any of our social media. Um, we love hearing from you guys, and we are so glad to you know be a part and maybe be bring these stories into your life uh, for a little bit, and you know maybe inspire you to look things up and and grow as a person and uh, learn. You know, it's it's a great thing. So. Um, and once more, thank you to the Paranormal Podcast community for your guys' continued support. We love and respect and um, adore you guys. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to do the next episode, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Let the wind blow your sails, guys. See ya. Mm-hmm.